Hello, and welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast, episode 123. This is a formal introduction to the show because Al keeps interrupting me with the introductions. Uh, I'm Mike, I'm joined by Alistair. <laughs> Hello, Mike. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just having far too much fun. Every time Mike tried to say, Hello, this is the podcast, I just said something random to annoy him. And his face actually didn't do that screwy uppy, angry, veiny, throbby thing that it normally does. He he was very cool and professional. It was it was most unsatisfying. I'm not sure that being described as having an angry, veiny, throbby face is particular compliment. But anyway, thanks, Alistair. Anton, how are you? I'm doing very well. It was very tempting not to do that myself. I could feel the tectonic plates beneath us shake a little when Alistair was doing it. But nevertheless, I knew we needed to get the show on the road. So yes. I resisted for today. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, it has been a, a another week of busyness for all of us. But we, of course, do try and play the Switch when we can. Anton, have you had any chance to play the Switch this week? Uh, technically no, but I, I've been playing some stuff. I've been doing a lot of VR, so I've just been heads down on that while it's been set up. But I've been playing a lot of mini motorways, which hopefully sooner rather than later should be getting its Nintendo Switch port very soon. Previously played it on Apple Arcade and I have recently picked up the PC version just because mouse and keyboard work so nicely for that title. And whenever it comes to Switch, just buy it. It's been so much fun. It's a very relaxing Zen game. It's been quite often the game that I just put like, you know, 20 minutes in it on my break. Just super calm. You're just managing a transport infrastructure in a kind of cute, kind of nice aesthetic manner. Been tons of fun. How about yourself, Alistair? What have you been playing? Well, is Tetris now sort of yesterday's news? Because last week, Tetris was all you could play. Has it been sort of consigned to the bin? Yeah, so I I've mainly just shuffled over to VR. So that that has been the bulk of the week. So there's been as well as that some super hot, some Half Life Alex, and uh, I've forgotten what Tetris is. If they make Tetris VR, my God, it's game over. <laughs> I don't think I'll live after that. <laughs> well, I I have been working uh, crazy, so most of the week I didn't really get much gaming in, but I did manage to squeeze a little bit in. I played a little bit of Bomberman, not Super Bomberman R online, but Super Bomberman R which I got in a sale a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, I've been playing the, the one-player campaign story on Beginner because I don't know, I've played Bomberman for the last 20-odd years, but you know what? I just like the fun of it. I'm not necessarily needing the challenge. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been quite good fun. The voice acting is terrible, but I think deliberately so. The game itself works just like any Bomberman game in the past has. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about sort of 3D-ized Bomberman. I think it worked better on SNES when everything was a bit flatter. I think that game just somehow works better when it's flatter, but it's still a really good fun game. Uh, and then I had the the wonderful um, experience of having uh, someone we both know, Anton, uh, round at my house last night. His name's Mike. Yeah, Mike. I had Mike round at my house last night. We were doing sort of an online game with his family, which I'm sure at some point in the show he will elaborate about. But while he was here, we played a little bit of the N64 port on the Switch, of Star Wars Podracer and it was going really well until Mike managed to crash himself into a mountain and crash the game it basically we, we couldn't finish the race because Mike broke it <laughs> yeah it's true you know, I, 
I was blown away to see you in person. I'm so jealous of the the gaming possibilities. I know. It was a very surreal experience being in the same room as Alistair. But uh, yes, we did have a go of that last night. It was a lot of fun, actually. As was the online game of Would I Lie to You that we played with uh, with some of my family, which was an experience. We came last, by the way, so we're obviously not very good at it, but um, it was good. It was good fun. Speak um, for yourself. I got away with my lie. You did. You did. Uh, to be fair, mine were both... Um, pretty close but yeah i didn't quite i didn't quite make it we'll have to just try and up the game or i'll have to i'll have to up the game next time um i have played a couple of games this week outside of my usual games of rocket league i've been playing some yoku's island express which is a team 17 game from 2018 um and it's kind of a combination of a platformer and pinball you're basically a little ants type thing pushing around a little ball and to get to different levels um, there's like basically pinball mechanisms all over the world that you, you can use your triggers for beautifully done great game really nice nice um, sort of aesthetic the music's great great atmosphere and just very satisfying and that was I think um, it's on the sale for a few pounds like three pounds or something right now and it gets a good solid eight out of ten in most reviews really uh, recommend that and the other one I started although I will play properly at some point um, when I sit down and do it in a one is Journey to the Savage Planet, which um, was the sort of AAA title that came along to the Switch. And um, yeah, a lot, there's uh, right at the start, you're in the ship, you have in-game videos explaining things with proper actors and things. And it's actually really good. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that for real, um, which would be good. And I caved because there was a deal on this week, Anton, that we missed on Roundup because it came out just after we recorded Roundup for our Patreons where we sort of talk about the big deals of the week. Uh, it's Captain Sabasa. Uh, Captain Sabasa was uh, <laughs> physical on sale for £15. Uh, so I've caved and I've ordered it. So I'll be playing some Captain Sabasa probably this week. Is that like the week. football RPG thing? Yeah, it's well, it's based on an anime from it's been on the go for like 40 years and it's football. You basically play a, there's a story mode and yeah, you play a, a player, but you play the games and it's it's very arcadey, but um, gets really good reviews. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that title looks absolutely insane. Like visually, it just looks pure on Dragon Ball Z level cutscenes, but it's actually the gameplay, but it's actually football. Yeah. Um, madness. I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited. I'm excited to get my teeth into a, a good football game that isn't FIFA 18 because that's the only FIFA I have. So um, that's my that's my goal. Uh, just a quick reminder, we, we've been doing this near the end of the episode, but we'll do it now. If you haven't left us a review, please do so. We love all the reviews that we get, well, when they're good, which thankfully most of them are, but we really appreciate them. They do help us with our rankings and things. So if you go to Apple Podcasts, that's the best way. Leave us a nice five-star review because why would you go any less? And something nice to say in the, in the box would be amazing. That really helps. And uh, for everyone that is already a member of uh, our Patreon club and uh, sort of subscribes to get extra podcasts. A big thanks to all of them. We had a couple new last week, which we mentioned on the show last week. But also, if you would like to find out more, it's nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. Very active community. A lot of fun. And yeah, come and join us. All the money we get in for the show from our Patreons goes straight back onto the show. We don't make a penny. We do it all because we love doing it, basically. Absolutely. And um, yeah, thank you for people who have been checking out our YouTube content. We've actually mm. had a couple of people over there recently and I was checking in and 
yeah, it's really nice. We've got some lovely comments. So if you've not checked out, there's a couple good reviews by, I think, almost everybody in the team now. So it's uh, fantastic stuff over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we can um, up that all at some point. Maybe 2022, that's maybe season four where we can upload uh, sort of more stuff on YouTube and be a bit more active in the kind of streaming side of things. Yeah, we just need all of our lives to settle down because we actually we have no shortage of games coming our way. We've got quite a few publishers actually send us, uh, here's this game coming, contact us for your review code. But you know what? We, we're all so busy that we just don't have the time to do them. It's really, it's shocking. So, I mean, I'll finish unique later in this year. Hopefully Mike's business will settle down to a nice kind of routine. Although having said that, you do have another child in the way, so that might scupper that particular aspect. And Anton's, well, hopefully his business will settle down a little bit too because, you know what? Between the three of us, we have no time. No time yeah. at all. But, but yeah, we you do. Know, we want to make more YouTube videos. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things where, you know, even though we've no time, we've still made the time to manage to at least keep the bare minimum going with all our commitments with the Patreon supporters and the extra shows we do and the main show. And it actually genuinely is because we actually really enjoy it. And every time we come up to a podcast, we go, oh, cool, right, we'll get to catch up with people tonight. We're going to do the podcast. It's going to be fun. There's the extra stuff that we do as well, which we really enjoy. But um, I really look, I really look forward to it. It's um, kind of like a, a break from everything else that we do, which is, uh, which is really nice. And hopefully it's a break for people to listen to as well if you're commuting. That's the other thing right now, of course, with podcasts, Al, isn't it? That we were so in a weird world for a year and a half with no commuting, nobody kind of driving really. But the fact now that people are starting to move a little bit more, that kind of feels like, um, you know, we're making some progress with um, people being able to kind of jump back on podcasts. So hopefully there's a few new people out there discovering us for the first time, maybe having to make that commute to work again for the first time in a while. That is a very good point. And let's face it, I suspect during lockdown, our audience has probably grown quite a bit. A lot of people have got switches. So, I mean, they need our wisdom, our guidance, our mentorship, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, maybe not ours. Well, but, I, 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 well let's not go too far. <laughs> they need our thoughts. <laughs> our thoughts might be might be enough. Um, so, so for the uh, for the sort of um, for transparency reasons, we will just add that Anton has just disappeared. But we're going to continue on recording because that's how we roll. You know, we do these things and we continue on. And with the magic of audio and the lack of editing from me, he'll just appear when he appears. So we'll, we'll continue on. And uh, let's get into this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. Okay, so we're going to start with the first story. We'll, we'll try and kind of linger on this one because I believe he's just re-entering the room right now. And it's Red Deer Games. They've announced Aloof for the Nintendo Switch. It's a charming puzzle fighter. It's coming out later this year. It's called Aloof. Anton's returned. Anton, what's your thoughts on Aloof? Yeah, this one's really fun. It kind of reminds me of the you know, puzzle uh, puzzle fighters that we had on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. And yeah, I just kind of really love how it's kind of making a captivating uh, take on what's basically and fundamentally just like a Tetris cell puzzler. Um, and the art cell with the little wee rats, mouse creatures is very cute and wholesome. I'm really vibing with this one. Rat, mouse creatures. See, I looked at that and went, that's what about rabbit. you, Al? Maybe a hair, but I'm going the rabbit. I, to be fair, when I saw this headline, I went, "What the heck is a puzzle fighter?" And I had to go and watch the trailer of it to figure out what a puzzle fighter was. I was like, ah, okay, right, I, I get what they mean now. This is not a big market. They've not had many of these. This is a very niche product, but that's not a bad thing. That that means there's just something that can be explored, and there's a lot of opportunity, and it's not been done to death. I mean, we see a lot. 
let's face it, a lot of games that are basically ripping each other off. Hey, look, here's another Zelda-inspired Metroid, Castlevania, whatever you're going to call it. Uh, so, yeah, it's actually quite exciting when you get something fresh coming along. And this kind of looks cool. It's, it's... I, I don't know if I would describe it as Tetris. I mean, it is. It is very much Tetris. You're dropping blocks down, but you're trying to kind of mix. It's almost like those games on your mobile where you're trying to drop down and, and get sort of three colours in a row. But you're trying to make specific shapes, I think with specific patterns, to then make moves to either heal your character or send an attack at the other character. But the characters are little rabbits on the sea trying to build islands to hop along and make a story or something like that. It's a very, very confusing but simple at the same time premise. Go watch the trailer for it. This this aloof game just looks really interesting and I'm not aloof about this. I'm actually quite excited. I just keep thinking of a loofah, like, you know, the things that you use to, like, scrub your back? I have never used a loofah to scrub my back, Mike, but I do know what you mean. Yeah, um, but, yeah, no, I'm with you both on this. I think the one thing that's quite exciting about it is the couch co-op campaign. I love games that have that, and the Switch is very good for that. We have lots of games that have couch co-op, and in these times where we are able to see people again, that could be a really good new option for those that have maybe played enough overcooked and are looking for a new challenge or tricky towers and they want something else you know to to play it's kind of got that tricky towers vibe for it for me and we know how much we love tricky towers al oh tricky towers is good and to be fair when they first said puzzle fighter that was what i thought i was like is this kind of like a tricky towers thing it is and it isn't but yeah it it has a very similar vibe is the wrong thing because it doesn't feel like it but there's something similar something familiar i suppose about a mechanic of bricks falling from above and you have to turn around to fit them in same idea, but very, very different vibe. Okay, next up, Techland have announced Dying Light Platinum Edition for the Nintendo Switch. It's a first-person survival game with a large open world and four-player co-op. Always like a bit of co-op. It's coming out October the uh, 2021, so not too long to wait. And Halloween sort of season as well, which is... Uh, Dying Light seems like the kind of game that you want to be playing around that time, Anton. Indeed, it's quite exciting to see this title make its way to Nintendo Switch because at the time it did seem, you know, a little bit passed over or maybe even a little bit generic because it did come at a time when there was just a lot of uh, mobility shooters, uh, first person titles that were, you know, trying to, you know, either give you jetpacks or dashes or parkour and some mechanic. Uh, and that kind of got lost in it. You know, we had Call of Duty, Infinity War and Titanfall and all that going at the time. But now, a couple years removed from that period, I feel like we're able to look at this a lot more uh, fondly and, you know, see the merits that it had, the unique elements. And I'm kind of excited to give this title a go on the Nintendo Switch and, you know, you know, just have a nice open world title on the Switch. And the fact that it's got co-op is a really nice added bonus, Sal. Yeah, I certainly will not be giving this a go. It looks absolutely freaking terrifying, although at the same time, it does look quite amusing. There is a lot of blood and gore and guts. I mean, axes flying at zombies' heads, which explode, and all kinds of good stuff. If you're into that, it does look amazing. And this bundle actually seems pretty good, because you've got the base game, but it's also got all four DLCs and I think 17 costume packs or something like that, all rammed into one offering. So from that point of view, yeah, it's a pretty compelling little offer. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes... 
it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's cool. And again, the fact it is the the platinum and it has got that kind of large open world. I think it's kind of game on the Switch. It might just do quite well, you know, because it's maybe not one. You know, maybe the competition elsewhere might might be sort of stronger. But I think on um, on the Switch, it seems like it might be one that might just kind of you know it's a little different to some of the other stuff on the Switch. That so could be good. So um, certainly a good time of year to to release it anyway. So that's certainly going to be. Interesting to see how it does. Next up, Maze Theory have announced Doctor Who, The Edge of Reality for the Nintendo Switch. It is com- coming out on the 30th of November. Um, so it's the end of November that we have to wait for this one. It's Doctor Who. I'm kind of intrigued about this because I would love a good Doctor Who game, Anton. Yeah, you know, this one's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I think we'll need to wait and see what the gameplay finally entails. But it's got David Tennant in it, which I imagine for some you know, a select part of the Doctor Who fan base getting to see David Tennant do anything Doctor Who again will be incredibly exciting. But, uh, you know, I think this will be just the title for just a few people. Apparently, from what I gather, historically, Doctor Who games have been pretty bad. But, you know, there's always time to change. I think the standard of tie-in titles has gotten better out. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, this is, from what I gather, a sequel to the VR, um, what's called The Edge of Time, I think. VR is a VR game, which I, I, I kind of think it actually was fairly well received, as far as I'm aware. I mean, I've never played it in VR because I've only ever played VR at Bikes House for about five minutes on a demo. But it looked kind of cool. And this one, this one, I have no idea what to make of it. From the trailer, there's not really anything to give away what the gameplay is going to be, um, whether it's going to be sort of first person or third person or whether it's a puzzler i mean i couldn't really find much on it other than it's been released and here's a little sort of trailer that shows you nothing other than flying through and i presume some of the characters in it mean a lot of things to people from the doctor who universe but i don't know who any of these characters are there's there's a, a lot of robots and a tin man at the end of a corridor coming through the door yeah i mean and there's someone called doctor i don't know who uh what's his name uh, i don't know uh, some doctor i don't know um yeah i mean i hope it's good i'm not holding out um i'm assuming the tin men you were referring to are probably the cybermen but i'm not 100 percent sure um the Do- doctor who i was very much into the original ones I used to watch them with my my dad so i liked all the kind of you know Tom Baker, John Pertwee, William Hartnell, all those kind of classics. Um, but uh, I haven't watched a lot of the newer ones, but anytime I have, I've always really liked them. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm hoping it's good. I'm just, we'll wait and see. I'll reserve judgment until it comes out. But it could it, it's, it could be, it could make a really good video game if it's done well. I just, I'm waiting to see. Uh, next up, Nintendo have denied the claims of increased profits uh, on the OLED model. And uh, they've also denied rumours of another model coming. So we'll take these in two. First of all, the, I think what they were saying, Anton, was that it costs around about $10 more to make the OLED model, but there were obviously the difference in the price of being around £50 or whatever it is, a difference meant they were making quite a big profit on it. But they've said that that's not the case. Yeah, which is interesting because I was thinking about this. In tandem with the rumours that we had last week that Evidence suggests that there may have been a Switch Pro at some point, but due to the current silicon part shortage, 
they chose not to do it and just slap the OLED screen and basically the same hardware. It's possible that the £50 price hike is as much as they could charge more for a Switch OLED without making the current Switch redundant. Um, but I think they're pretty chuffed with the extra profit they're making in the meantime. <laughs> Wouldn't you say, Al? Yeah, it's it's a strange one. I, I read and reread what they said, and if you parse it... The, so the exact quote that came from Nintendo says... A news report on July 15th claimed that profit the, claimed that the, the profit margin of the Nintendo Switch OLED model would incom- increase compared to the Nintendo Switch. Right, okay, so that's just saying that's what the news report said. To ensure correct understanding among our investors and customers, we want to make clear that the claim is incorrect. We also want to clarify, we'll go on to the next bit, but that is very, very specifically saying that the profit margin on the Switch would not increase. I don't understand how that is possible. Because the the, the pr- increase from the base Switch to the OLED Switch is what, about 50 quid? Mm-hmm. Indeed. So they've not changed anything. Other than the screen, nothing else is... Okay, and the flippy bit at the back. Well, unless the flippy bit at the back is costing an awful lot more and it's a little bit of plastic, I don't see how. Are they factoring in development costs and all this kind of stuff? I mean, are they putting R&D for, say, the Switch Pro the, into there to say, oh, yeah, there's no more profit. Okay, they actually are making profit, but they're being clever and doing accounting stuff and just saying, oh, no, there is no profit because they're putting all the costs in behind the scenes. So when they actually come to do the annual investors report, oh, yeah, we haven't made a bigger profit. Uh, that's the only thing I could think because the maths is very, very obvious. If the cost is £10, which seems about right, and they're charging 50 quid for it more, that's 45 in profit. Uh yeah. I don't buy that, Nintendo. Not for a second. You're just being tricksy and businessy. Yeah, I mean, maybe we would have given them more credit if they just said, yeah, we're going to make 30, 40 quid off each. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If they were just upfront about it, I think sometimes you like the honesty and then I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't have a problem with them making profit on it. If they've set a price and that's their price, then that's fine as business. But um, the other model coming, I do think, I do agree. And I said this last week, I don't think we're going to see a Switch Pro now for a year at least I think it's going to be a good long while Anton Um, yeah I think it'll be minimum a year it it won't be within the year but you know going back to the DS and 3DS era you know there's been a a couple consecutive years of yearly releases so it's not impossible that you know come this time we're talking about you know a plus model or something but um, yeah you know I love it Nintendo's uh went back on their words so many times that they're able to come out and say stuff like this and we're like, nah, we don't believe you. (laughs) Yeah, that is the problem, isn't it? Okay, next up, Among Us is free via the Nintendo Online Trials from Wednesday the 21st of July at 10am to the following Tuesday the 27th at uh, midnight. Before we talk about that, which is cool, uh, Al, you wanted to add your thoughts on the new model coming (laughs) Could could you see my little face drop? When I, did, I, didn't I, did, get to speak? I did see it. Yeah. To be fair, um, I, sometimes I switch off when you talk, and I thought you maybe already mentioned it. Uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, joking. I mean, Carry all on. I was going to say is my 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 eternal optimism is actually finally beginning to wane. I was I was really really just hoping that the OLED would be followed quickly by a Pro announcement. I really was, and I. I think you guys are both right. I think we're going to be looking at at least a year, if not more. And I really don't want that to be the case because I want my Pro. I can't really be bothered investing in an OLED in between. I just want the Pro. I mean, if I was going to be in my Optimus, to put my Optimus hat back on again. There we go. It's 
firmly down on my head. Okay. The press release said, we have no plans for launching any other model at this time. Okay, but what about tomorrow? Yeah. That's not this time, that's tomorrow. But that's me grasping very much at hypothetical straws, so yeah. I'm going to take my hat back I, off and I'm going to go, I, I yeah, we're, we're waiting I, a while. I think, sadly, knowing the way Nintendo work, it probably is going to be at least a year, I would think. But... I'd love to be proved wrong because like you, Al, as much as I think the OLED looks really nice, I think it's a nice upgrade, um, I want a Pro. And if I'm going to upgrade now, I would much rather it was upgrading to the Pro. I probably will end up going for the OLED, but I'll probably end up getting rid of, because I've got the light and the standard, which makes it, um, you know, sorry, an OLED. I'll probably upgrade to the OLED from the two of those. But when the Pro comes, um, and it's weird because we were all dead against a Pro for so long, but I just feel we're ready now you know for for us for me anyway so we'll see what happens but I think I think we might be right uh, yeah anyway just briefly on Among Us we mentioned it there but that is definitely good news they're doing well with these online um, week to play things we've got the other one um, that we had uh, which is coming at the end of the month as well which I, I don't know if we're mentioning it in this um, episode we've probably mentioned it already but um, the uh, oh Two Point Hospital is also on on the free to play for a week list, which is which is I think a really good um, one to have because the problem such that, a good game. Well, the thing is with that game is you know you play it and Among Us, it's not like a game you're only going to play for a week, <laughs> is it? Well, I only played it for a week. I had a the PC Microsoft Game Pass. I had like a week free mm. at one point, and I played that incessantly for a week. I just loved it, and then I was gutted when it came to an end. But I was too busy and just couldn't say afford to go buy the game at that point. But yeah, I am. Um, very excited about going to play again on the Switch. Yeah, you know, it's, I won't lie, I've been really enjoying some of the stuff they've been putting on here, especially giving away like Mario Tennis and that. Among Us, I'm like, it's a £4 game and or free on mobile. You can find some better stuff in there, Nintendo. <laughs> uh, I'm being cynical on this yeah. one, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's not, Among Us is kind of a game that it's not going to break the bank anyway there probably could have been a bigger announcement but anyway well you know freeze free according to Square Enix president and CEO Yosuke Matsuda Dragon Quest 12 will set the direction for the next 10 to 20 years of the Dragon Quest series and at the last Dragon Quest Anton was very well received 10 hour demo great game um, really well reviewed plays brilliantly on the Switch and um, 12 that could be I, I have no real doubts or worries about that series yeah it's a, a very interesting one where i'm not too sure what to make of this uh from what i can gather dragon quest 12 is going in a slightly darker tone than the, the previous entries and whereas the original dragon quest or excuse me dragon quest 11 the most recent kind of spiritual reboot of the franchise is you know very much just classic this is what an 80s rpg was like you know very archetypal and it worked so I'm kind of like sure you need to kind of pave a new path but I, I'm really happy with what they've got so far so um, you know I think this will hinge on whether or not we end up liking what they do with Dragon Quest at 12 because as far as I know I think we've got some fire and then a JPEG um, that's all we know of Dragon Quest 12 so far but um, you know Looks like this franchise is finally ready for the big leagues, it looks. Yeah, this it's it could be really interesting. I mean, I know they've said they're going to basically try and bring a lot more adult content into it, which is interesting. I, mean, I don't really know what that's going to mean. It could it could be many different things, depending on how you choose to interpret that. But yeah, it's, it will be very interesting to see where they 
go with this. Uh, and I did a little giggle to myself at the beginning there, Mike, because you did what I do when I read Roman numerals. So in our notes, because obviously this is the way the game's title is, it's Dragon Quest X11. And you went, Dragon Quest 12. So yeah. it's Dragon, Dragon Quest 12. It's Dragon Quest, I've got to translate this, X11, 12. Dragon Quest 12. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And it confuses me even more when the uh, I's become before the X. <laughs> and then I have to think backwards. <laughs> That's very confusing. Decount, decount. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? Um, yes, uh, Bricker Builds is selling 5,000 uh, life-sized, sorry, 5,000 bricks life-sized Mario statue okay there's 5,000 bricks in the life-sized Mario statue for 900 US dollars um, Al you're our kind of resident builder um, do you fancy a life-sized Mario statue for the uh, the hallway? I, well a two-foot Mario statue would be kind of cool weirdly their interpretation of Mario being life-sized is two foot so my height <laughs> sure I'm not going to argue with that it is actually your height at least going by our NSUKP mugs where you are about two yeah, foot on there yeah, thanks, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's a really cool model this is this is walking a wonderful line. I mean, I can I can see Nintendo having an issue with this. So it's <laughs> these guys, Bricker Builds, are a third party Lego brick um, distributor. So I think they're official Lego bricks, and they will sell you a pack of five thousand bricks that just happen to go together in the shape of a Mario. And in the box comes a little instruction booklet that can shows you how you might want to do that. It's not licensed by. Lego, it's not licensed by Nintendo in any way, shape or form. These are just artists who will sell you some bricks and tell you how you can put them together as Mario if you wanted to. This is, this is dodgy. This is this is going to attract Nintendo's attention. And weirdly, I mean, these guys are based, I think it's Oregon or something like that. They're based somewhere in America anyway. You'd think that that's like the home of litigation. <laughs> America is where people get sued. And this is just asking for it. But all that aside... It's a really cool model. They also have a one-up mushroom as well, but I think it's like food. But it's quite expensive. Right? It's incredibly expensive. $900 for a two-foot Mario. I mean, I've got some kind of expensive-ish Lego. You do. But $900 is quite a lot for some plastic. And yours are officially licensed, um, Anton, yeah. unlike this uh, this particular one. But um, yeah, what's your, what's, your, what's your take on it? Yeah, to be honest, I'm not too fussed about the, the price. Like, it's ridiculous and... I don't understand Lego, but I'm like, okay, 900 for, you know, a kind of Mario that's two foot or like 300 for a Millennium Falcon that's like 12 centimeters tall. This seems pretty good by Millennium Falcon standards, uh, but I don't, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm treading on thin ice right here. I can see it. <laughs> Mm. My chair is swiveling. I, I'm like one of the, you know when you get, when you anger a cat and it starts like its <laughs> tail starts to wave. My seat is my tail right now. <laughs> I um yeah, it would be fun if you had the, if I had the space. It would be fun. I, I must admit, it does sound kind of cool. Great for a games room. Next up, early Wii Mote concepts have been leaked online. So uh, tell us about this story, then, uh, Anton. Yeah, so there's, uh, I think a wee bit back, there was uh, the quote-unquote giga leak at Nintendo, and it seems like at least this week we've started to make some progress siphoning through some of the details in there. It, it seems like this is um, somewhere upon the line of they've figured out how the technology works for the motion, and they're just figuring out how to put some buttons on it. There's some wild concepts in there. There's one that's almost a little bit GameCube-esque with a bunch of stuff surrounding a big prominent A button with a D-pad at the bottom. 
all bizarre stuff, but it's an interesting glimpse into what could have been in an alternate dimension. Yeah, I actually I looked at the pictures of what these various options were, and they were all, I mean, to my colourblind eyes, they all look green. Are they green? You're asking the wrong person if you're asking me. <laughs> Either way, it looks really cool and green. I mean, I think the eventual Joy-Con, uh, not Joy-Con, Wii Remote or Wii Remote uh, concept was probably the right way to go. It was simple and it, it worked. It was a pretty good layout. But I actually really like the weird green ones. And there's, if you if you manage to find a picture of the, the five that were leaked, the fourth one in, layout number four, it kind of just looks like a TV remote control with like the D-pad being a big A button in the middle and then the, like you know like the kind of the sky circle kind of buttons around the side or like you'd find a remote control it's got those it just looks funky and cool but yeah I think they ended up with the right uh, the right remote at the right time yeah it's yeah you're probably right to be honest I tend to agree but it's still quite cool it's quite cool to see these things historically also speaking of historical things the existence of some cancelled Wii games have leaked online they include Tennis World's Toughest Race Hammerman Fire Emblem GC2 Sphere Metroid Project X featuring the shake from Zelda Ocarina of Time Night Wars uh, Super Mario Strikers 2 ugh, Revo R Jump <laughs> Superstars and DDR Mario 2 um, yeah, what could it be, Anton? Yeah, I'm looking at this list. I'm like, uh, Dance Dance Revolution Mario game on Nintendo Wii. The amount of money they could have ah, printed from that game alone. DDR2? Like, I thought when I read DDR Mario 2, I didn't realize it was Dance Dance Revolution. I was thinking, is that like Dr. Mario with a stutter? D- yeah, I was Dr. Sure, Mario yeah. 2. <laughs> yeah, because I think the first one came out very late GameCube which, to be honest, wasn't really the console for that sort of game, but on Nintendo Wii, so much money, Super Mario Strikers, and then, of course, Zelda and Metroid would have printed money like nobody's business, but that DDR game, bring it to Switch. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I was the Mike. I was more, most interested in Super Mario Strikers too. I mean, mm. Mario, Mike did a, an amusing little noise when we read that one out. He was so excited, and I, I, I agree. I agree yeah. with Mike's little noise. <laughs> we need that. We need that for the Switch. There are, there are a few games that have been released on the Switch from uh, the days gone by. Um, these are all classics, of course. Uh, new Nintendo Switch online games. Claymates, Jelly Boy, and Bomboozal. Uh, Claymates I have heard of. The other two, I had no idea of their existence. Um, but it's nice to get some more games. But we say that every time. When are they going to give us some Game Boy games? Or maybe some N64 and on. I know, it's funny, they've officially ran out of NES games and to be honest, the Super Nintendo games they picked out, they they almost look like fake video games that you see in like a 90s movie. (laughs) They don't even look like real games. Uh, They're so low in the barrel. Um, I'm sure they might be alright, but, you know, we're at that point. We know what we want. They're, They're not even at the bottom of the barrel. They went past the bottom of the barrel about a year ago. Now they're sort of into the Earth's mantle. They are they are literally excavating underground to find these games. I mean, have you watched the trailers? Or, I mean, Jelly Boy. Jelly Boy looks abysmal. And the last one, I can't remember, was called Bumboozle or Bomboozle ever. It looks like it was on like the BBC Micro. It's atrocious. Why are you giving us this junk? Please stop it. I would rather you gave us nothing than gave us this. Yeah. <laughs> That's saying something. I, I kind of like it because... It's 
it's not something it's it's extra you can go back and see how bad some games were and I kind of like that so I don't have a problem We've with have got plenty there. bad games now Mike I know but I don't mind that because it's historical bad games and it's like <laughs> the fact that they're there is like kind of funny almost but I do wish they would just hurry up and just you know we need a refresh of the eShop come on See I find it funny it's whenever you open up the, the NES Online or the SNES Online app because it shows the new games first, it just makes it look like a garbage app because you've just got all these like no-name games at the top of the app and all the good stuff's literally at the bottom because they've designed the app in that way. Exactly. Um, in good news, though, they have... They, well, they've, they've not, I should say, given us any NES games this year. They've finally... Like this year, this this release, they stopped giving us NES games. We only have SNES this time around, which you'd think means they might maybe... Maybe be gearing Alistair, up to start Alistair. giving us something else. We're still waiting for Persona 4 and we're still waiting for Mass Stop Effect. Stop killing my optimism, Buzzman. Stop it. We're still... <laughs> Buzz Killington. We're still waiting for the pro and many other things. Anyway, uh, EA's Lost in Random has got a new trailer and a release date of the 10th of September. It is EA. That's the bad news. Uh, the good news is the game looks um, pretty good, Anton, I've got to say. Yeah, this looks exceptional, and to be honest, one of the best-looking EA games they've shown in a while. I think the, it's part of their EA Originals sort of movement, which has given us Unraveled and this random water game that I've forgotten the name of. Uh, sea of Solitude mm-hmm. uh, was the other one. And uh, to be honest, it's a shame it's getting produced by EA because I feel like with some proper marketing, this could be a really solid double-A bridging onto AAA 3D platformer. It looks gorgeous, full of charm, full of personality. Um I I just think this looks fantastic. It it really does. It's like it's like Tim Burton made a video game, but it's not Tim Burton. It's actually it's the developers of a company called Zoink Games. Mm-hmm. Um EA is just a publisher. So it they, they, I don't know how much input they've had in this. I guess some they've presumably just provided all the money. I would guess. Uh, and then left Zoink Games too. But Zoink Games have done some cool stuff. They did Stick It to the Man, which I don't know if either of you guys played yeah, Stick It to the Man, I've but I thoroughly it. enjoyed that. They've got a pretty good pedigree to them. And yeah, this game does look cool. And I watched the trailer for it earlier on, actually. It was announced last year? No, earlier this year. I forget when they announced it. Anyway, um, it the, the beginning of the trailer, I went, oh, this is just boring. This is dull. I've seen this before. Because it was kind of just the animation leading up to the story. And then as soon as you saw the actual gameplay, I was like, this is, this is great. I mean, there seems to be kind of an element of chance about it. You play as a character and a dice, as you do. Uh, and it looks gorgeous, not just the characters, but the this visual style. Whether it looks as good on the Switch, I don't know, because I'm presuming what we're seeing in there is probably PS5 Xbox style gaming with beautiful lighting and all kinds of stuff. But if they can make it translate well to the Switch, I'm really excited about this. It, it just looks awesome. Yeah, you know, it reminds me, Anton, of a cross between a Tim Burton style game, um, if he was to make a game, and do you remember Alice? Which yeah, was on the Madness Returns. Madness or Returns. Like that. Yeah, it's kind of got those kind of vibes. Yeah, and you know the voice acting is fantastic and creepy and eerie, and uh, you know I'm just really excited, and it's a shame. I feel like EA. I might hold it back a little. I feel like we've never had one of these A originals where it's like everybody's talking about it, even though they've been fantastic games. Uh, I really hope this is the one that can cut through and is uh, just standout title because just everything about it looks solid. And hopefully we get a physical release because 
it just looks like it's got some decent meat on its bones. Yeah, looks good. Looks good. Um, so this one, 10th of September, they're saying, so it's not that long to wait. Next up, Doom and Doom 2 have another free add-on. It's Earthless Prelude. I tell you, this game, for one ninety nine that you can pick up in the sales, uh, each of them, it's probably one of the most generous games when it comes to content and it's a lot of, mostly user generated but they've just added it on and it's like it's like having a kind of PC version of these games within the Switch because of, we're getting all these add-ons Anton yeah it's kind of amazing when it first kind of arrived on the Nintendo Switch Doom and Doom 2 were almost a little bit cheap in their port job but they had an update where they kind of fixed it up made it look all good and cleaned it up and made it the premier port that you would expect in 2020 and then you know as you say they've been adding all this content which to be honest some of this content having been made a good bit after the source material has a reflection and you know it's a lot more sensible in how it's been put together so in many ways it's better than the actual material it's based on so Mm -hmm. um, one day I'm just going to sit down and try and binge a whole bunch of these Al (laughs) Has either of you managed to figure out how this works because I was really confused when I read it and I've still read a bit more and I'm still confused it's a single add-on but it's for Doom and Doom 2 how what it's two different games but the same add-on well, the games, and everything I found on the internet suggests that they, yes this is the case I just don't understand I think the games themselves though were based on exactly the same infrastructure and engine because they were I think 2 is pretty much rushed out after 1 because of the success of 1 um, yeah it was and, and I think I'm pretty sure that when people went into kind of edit and do sort of homebrew versions of it in probably late 90s early 2000s kind of time that it was all just kind of as one you could just go in and add it and it became like it, it didn't matter if it was Doom or Doom 2 because it was the same kit almost as far as I know but uh, Anton will probably correct me yeah I think you're on the money Mike um, I think they are just basically the same engine and then this is just a fresh coat of assets on top of that yeah it's cool though I mean it's such a cool idea you know it's it's so so clever um next up nintendo of america and the university of oxford are doing research to explore the correlation between animal crossing new horizons game time and players mental well-being uh anton uh, do you find your mental well-being going up or down when you play more animal crossing i think it does have a, a slightly soothing uh, effect and uh i know a lot of people especially during the the last year early on in the first pandemic or excuse me first lockdown uh, you know, it was nice to have this kind of social avenue to connect with people. Let's hope for Nintendo's marketing sake that the results are what they want to hear. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be incredibly awkward. <laughs> if the results aren't what they want to hear, you won't hear the results, I suspect. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's certainly interesting. Next up, Valve have responded to Steam Decks uh, versus Switch comparisons, claiming they're going for a different audience. I think we said this last week on the podcast. I think we literally talked about this and said, look... You know, Steam Deck is an amazing bit of kit, but it isn't going to hugely affect the Nintendo audience where you might have the crossover, Al, is where people are maybe on the fence about what they're going to get to play certain games. Maybe people are a bit more, I would say, mature in age. People who are going, well, I think I want to play the AAA games. I'm going to go Steam Deck because that's perfect. Or people who have a Steam library like um, Anton who want to play it on the go. I don't think your Nintendo fans are bothered about it. It might have a long a, an effect in the kind of the middling people, you know, the people who are kind of on the fence. But I don't think overall it's going to make a huge difference because it's a different kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, the summer weather has made me sweat. I recently got the COVID jab, second one. Me that too. made me sweat quite a lot. I had quite a 
fevery reaction to that one. I was very sweaty after getting that. This, the Steam Deck, this is not making me sweat. This is not going to make Nintendo sweat. It is, as we said, as they've said, as Nintendo said, not a competitor to each other. They just aren't. Yeah. They're after completely different audiences. The Switch, you, you could argue, okay, we we are we don't necessarily fit into the demographic, but it's kind of potentially the younger console, the family kind of oriented console, albeit it's got a lot more um, adult content in it these days, which is great. It's a fantastic platform, but it's for the slightly more casual gamer, I guess. The Steam Deck is aimed at the PC gamers who want to be able to pick the PC up and walk away with it. Yeah, That's what that's there for. It's not there. So you might end up with both in your household. You're unlikely to own one um, and just be yearning for the other. Yeah. You're probably going to have both or, or both or you're going to have the one that's more suited to you and if you're a Switch person, you're unlikely to be buying the Valve one. If you're a Steam Deck person, you're unlikely to be buying the Switch one. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's not a competition. It's just not a thing and I think they're both right in coming out going, yeah, we're, we're, we're not competing with each other, guys. We're, we're both selling products that are in the same market but to different audiences. Well, Anton, you're probably the one to ask because you've got the probably the the biggest of the steam libraries and you also have the biggest console collection and i assume you'll end up with both yeah i've i put in my my deposit for one of these and to be honest even though i'm a fan of both i will be planning to play much different games on both consoles um and in many ways i think the people who pick these up the game libraries that they're playing i think if it was let's say um you know comparing an xbox console to a playstation console or a, a you know, a PlayStation handheld to the Steam Deck. Okay, then we're comparing the likes of Call of Duty Warzone on each device. We're comparing the likes of the most recent FIFA and the likes of both. Right now, it's like, okay, do you want all these fantastic Nintendo exclusives, a platform that's much better for indies because it won't be as power hungry? Or are you wanting to, you know, play games that you can mod and do all this fancy stuff and, you know, play the most recent AAA title, play Cyberpunk? Uh, they're different experiences and yeah can I, can I give you a car analogy basically the switch is a ford focus it's it's there for everybody it's mass market it's just it does exactly what you want it to do and is designed to please everyone if you go and buy a steam deck you're buying a caterham which you're going to go razz around the track and you're going to build it yourself and you're going to tweak it and mod it and you're going to do all these kind of things and it is really really good at doing what it does but you're not going to go to the shops and pick up your grocery into it so you either you're a car person and you got both or you're going to take the bus most of the time because you don't you, you like live two seconds when you work but you want a really fun car at the weekend you buy the deck if you're everyone else you go buy the Ford Focus car analogies they work I want you to continue with that car analogy for the rest of the podcast only <laughs> only just talk about cars from now on um, I can do that <laughs> yeah actually I might regret that um, yeah it's certainly I think one that will some people will feel differently but um, yeah I, I don't I I feel like much the same as you I think it's it's going to be not a rivalry it's not like Microsoft and Sony is it really let's face it Um, okay let's move on and talk about some rumours now I'm not normally one for gossip but so according to leaker Zippel Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is getting remastered for modern platforms expected to release next year now there are announcements because it's the is it the 35th or the 25th or something it's the Persona anniversary anyway um, and there's going to be some uh, announcements across the board I can't remember which anniversary it is but there's something happening 25th 25th so 
that is uh, going to mean there are going to be lots of announcements. I think they've said there's going to be lots of announcements. I think this is cool. Um, I've never played this particular version of Persona 4. I don't really know much about it. Um, but as far as I know, it's not the Persona 4 Golden that I would have liked it to be, Anton. But that's not a surprise. <laughs> Indeed. So this will presumably be one of the seven uh, announcements that they have planned for the 25th anniversary. Uh, Persona 4 Arena... Uh, sorry. Yeah, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is first Persona 4 Arena, which is a 2D fighting game. And then Ultimax is the kind of expanded uh, all all cards on the line ultimate edition of that slash semi-sequel. Um, which, if it comes to Switch, will be infuriating because that means we have Persona 5 Strikers, which you can't play because you need to understand the story that happens in Persona 5. And Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, which you can't play because you need to know the lore of Persona 4. We'll have two Persona games on the Switch that you can't play if you haven't owned another platform. I, I'm i pulling out my hair over here. This is nonsense. <laughs> I mean, that just sucks in so many different ways. It really <laughs> does. And I mean, yeah, okay, I, I looked at someone, oh, okay, it's a, it's a 2D fighter. Okay, fine, uh, move on. But some of the more interesting things are, well, to me, around the buzz is that I think last week I'd I'd asked you guys what the general gap between the main Persona games was and you said, oh, they're agents and we're not going to be getting Persona 6 anytime soon. But apparently the internet is abuzz with everyone going, oh yeah, I mean, guaranteed we're going to be giving us Persona 6 this year. So, mm. you never know, Mike, you might get Persona 6. You mm. might not get 4 or 5 on the Switch, but you might get 6. I've got 5 on <laughs> the PS3. I actually got a new copy of it just about a year ago and I haven't played it yet because, I mean, you know, time and hours, but... Um, yeah, I mean, if it came to Switch, I definitely would play it, but it's, I've got to sit down in front of the TV guaranteed to play a PS3 so uh, or a PS4 or a PS5. Uh, Nintendo Europe have uh, they've, uh, ceased the acceptance of submissions for the new Nintendo 3DS or Wii U titles for eShop release by the end of the current fiscal year. So this may spread worldwide. Um, I picked up a new Nintendo 3DS uh, on... Uh, Facebook Marketplace for 50 quid the other day and considering the new Nintendo 3DSs are still about 150 quid-ish, a uh, bit of a bargain. It is a little bit beaten up but it works great and um, the 3D on it's great and it's a really good way to play some of those games. But not a huge surprise. We're kind of moving on now. It's a bit of a re- it, feel- it doesn't feel retro yet but it feels like, okay, this is you know, this is what it is and yeah, we're halfway through the Switch cycle, aren't we, Anton? Yes, um, a bit funny because, uh, you know, we occasionally, when we do one of our spin-off podcasts, uh, Roundup, uh, which we do for the Patreons, we do get these occasional 3DS and Wii U titles popping up. And to be honest, the kind of titles that are still getting released on those consoles are of such low quality. It's probably just um, more expensive in the labour of the staff actually having to go, this one gets the thumbs up. Uh, then it's actually worth in sales. I presume many of the most recent 3DS and Wii U titles sell less than a handful of copies. So um, this is uh, not to be surprised. <laughs> and I would say I have no comment on this. I actually, I I feel a bit sad because it's obviously the end of an era. But at the same time, it's one that I shouldn't mourn because it was a good era and all these things come to an end and these are now unsupported in inverted commas obsolete consoles I don't mean that you can't play games on them but they're just not relevant they're not the current ones so it makes sense that they would start to wind down these stores I mean they're not saying they're closing the store they're just saying we're not accepting anything new to it and it will sit there for 
a good few years and then you know three four five years down the line they'll close the store and that'll be it yeah yeah it's cool i mean it's it's you know 3ds is uh 10 years old now all will be the new nintendo 3ds isn't that age but it's um yeah it's not a huge surprise really and um We'll uh, we'll be still playing those consoles for years to come, I am sure. Okay, it is time for the quiz. I have so many questions. Huzzah! Quiz time! I do enjoy quiz time. And actually, it's I'd forgotten that the, the score is now Anton 16, Mike 15. Mm. How did that happen? Because I get two <laughs> points and Anton gets one when I win. <laughs> and I vaguely remember Anton being quite nice last week. Well, no... To be fair, I had said the answer, but you, rather than just accept me saying Tetris, you made me say DS on the end of it. When obviously, if it's on the DS, it's going to be Tetris DS. I so why didn't you just say it in Tetris DS? Because I didn't think I, when you said, oh, what was the original game that was redone? When I said... I know, I said it was an original game. What is this one called? <laughs> anyway, Anton was very kind and deliberately didn't give me the answer several, several times in a row. To let you get the point, because <laughs> I'd said uh, Tetris. sadly the answer wasn't pure pure te- uh, DS. So. <laughs> no, it was shucks. I'd said Tetris anyway. Yes, thank you. Anyway, Anton. this week's quiz may have been designed slightly with Mike in mind, mostly because I had quite a good time last night. So I'm going to lose playing. No, 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 playing with would I lie to you with your relatives, uh, and so I felt I should probably give you something back. So Thanks. this this quiz will thank you. No and pressure. This is designed for you to win this. If you don't win this, well, next time I see you, I'm going to probably have to give you a. Big Sort of slap, frankly, uh, you would deserve it. I'm not massive on sort of physical repercussions. I don't I'll take it. It's fine. Corporate punishment, but you corporate corporal punishment. But <laughs> corporate you, you punishment. deserve it. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so let's jump straight in. Our first game is a first-person shooter from the year 2000 on Windows and Mac. Uh, Quake Half Life Two. You are both incorrect. It was also released on the PS2 in 2001 in the USA and then it made it to the EU in 2002. Oh. um. Uh, did you say first or third person? Oh, first person. Oh, it's... I know what this is. Uh, Do you? Yeah, I think so, and I can't remember the name of it. Let's say uh, Call of Duty 1. It is not. It's... Oh my I'm word! Going to, I'm even going to be lenient, and if Mike is vaguely close, I I might be tempted. I know to give what him it point. is. It's and it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh my word! It's um, it's made a comeback in recent years because a development team have taken it on to redo it. Is it that one? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, although it'd be cool if they did. All right, ignore me. It's not what I thought it was then. Okay, uh, this game was developed by Raven Software on the PC and by Aspire Media on Mac and PS2. It was de- uh, sorry on Mac and on PS2. It was uh, done by Pipe Dreams Interactive. Mm. First person shooter. Yep. The Medal of Honor. Nope. So my guess was Time Splitters, but that's not. No, um, but I, but not that was what I was no. trying to say before. Um, first person shooter, two thousand and one. It's um, PS2, so that's... Was it... Um, uh, no, I'll go, in the, go for the next clue. Okay, the publisher was Activision on PC and Mac and by Majesco uh, Entertainment on PS2. There was a sequel followed in 2003, actually, as well. Mm. Mm. I'm trying to think, because I was thinking of Medal of Honor games as well, because that was the kind of big ones on the PS2. 
Um, I mean, I had a PS2. Um, yeah, that's a tough one because my two first guesses for that clue there have been taken. Mm. Um, <laughs> Activision. Activision. Um, Red Faction? It is not Red Faction. Nope. Um, I don't know what this is. Um, to PC to start with, you said. PC and Mac to start with, and then it was ported over to the PS2 a year later. Like, who even put games on Mac? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I can tell you that um, it was announced after Activision secured the license to a very significant franchise. James Bond, Tomorrow Never Dies. It's not. Shooter. Just think, this is tailored towards Mike and it's not about neighbours. Okay. Um, is it... Oh. You've already given one, so you can't answer this round. Anton? Oh, um, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> it is not. One of the first uh, games to license the ID Tech 3 gaming engine. It was popular in the early 2000s. That might mean more to Anton than it does to Mike, but... Is it... Um, Ghostbusters? Nope. Um, Star Trek in first person. Ah, uh, mm, see, what's annoying um, me about that is that is it Elite Forces or something? Star Trek Elite Forces. Ah, oh, well done, Mike! Yay, good job. What's annoying <laughs> me about that is that my very, very first instinct, way back, the first thing you said when it said Mac. Uh, when you said PC onto PS2, my first thought was Star Trek because there were a couple of really bad, I have them, PS2 Star Trek games. And then I went, nah, it won't be that. Oh, I don't know why I did that, but I just pushed it to you, one you side. You actually should have done. My last clue was going to be the tagline for the game was set phasers to frag. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I got that. Congratulations. Yeah. Well done, Mike. Thanks. Good job. I mean, Thanks Anton totally punch. didn't kind of miss a get you there, but still, well done, Mike. <laughs> Okay, let's see if Mike can continue his amazing streak of um, of ingenuity and, and insight. Our second game is a point-and-click adventure from 1995. Oh. Broken Sword. It is not. Um, Treasure Island. It is not. Uh, it was on MS-DOS and ported to Macintosh as well, developed by Spectrum Holobyte. M- Monkey Island. Escape from Monkey nope. Island. Um, Grim Fandangle. No, they are both double fine games, actually. Um, published by Holt Spectrum Holobyte in the USA and by Micro Spence in the EU. Oh, a Final Unity. Yes, it is! Star Trek The Next Generation of Final Unity. Well wow. done, Mike. Yes, I mean... To- <laughs> I knew this round was rigged, but my God. I mean, t- to be fair, to be fair, I was obsessed with a final unity I used to go this is true Anton this is how old me and Al are I used to go into PC world because they had a PC rigged up with a final unity on it for a good two or three years that you could go in and play and I I actually got thrown out a couple of times because I played a final unity for too long and I had the voice acting of like Picard and Data and stuff it was amazing I have three copies of it it was such a good game have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I would love to go back and play that. I'll yeah. bet you can find the emulator somewhere. You, can, make that you work. can get them actually on the the online free. You know the the one where they've let a load of stuff. Oh yeah. Appear. I'm pretty sure it's on there somewhere, but I just haven't got it to work. So you need to get a decent DOS emulator, and I'm on a Mac, and it gets a bit awkward. And yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think I ever completed it. I remember starting that two, maybe even three times. It was it was such a good game. It's amazing for the time. Sorry, yeah. Anton. <laughs> this is very unfair. But <laughs> well, that means that Mike has won the round. Right. But let's let's just see because this one probably is just a a random one. Mm-hmm. Um, so last night when Mike was around, he and I watched on Netflix the first episode of the He-Man reboot. Mm, yeah, it was good. Enjoyed it. It was. It was pretty good. Which led me to think, hmm, He-Man games. Mm-hmm. So, gentlemen, who's going what first? Year. Uh, well, since you've already won, I'm going to ask Anton. Which Anton? Would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'll go second. Okay. What year did He-Man: Defender of Grayskull appear? See, I think this was a release, not the original ones. I think this was a redone one on iOS. If I'm but I'm not sure. It might have been one of the original ones. I can't remember the exact tagline. So I'm going to go on that basis, which gives Anton a big wide open option to go before, not one year before, whatever, I guess. But I'm going to go 2012. All right. Uh, you, you you read my mind, Mike. 2011, let's do this. <laughs> well, you're both miles off, actually. I mean, I did think of using one of the original ones from like 1980, insert number here, because there were quite a few of them back there in the 80s. loads of Spectrum and stuff, yeah. But no, this one was actually a PS2 game. 2005 oh, wow. it came out. I didn't know Which that. means, oh. yeah, Anton absolutely gets a point. But yeah, yeah it was it was on uh, PS2 and it was actually a sequel to one that came out on the Game Boy Advance uh, three years earlier. Hmm. There was a mobile iOS game that came out around about there was, 2012, Yeah, there was a mobile one came out as well, uh, which apparently was just a bit cack. It was frankly. okay. It was all right. It wasn't that bad. It was not amazing, but it was, you know, it was a bit of like, oh, nostalgia. But yeah, it wasn't, it was, it was nothing to write home about, but... Um, Yes, that... Uh, well, you know what that means, though? It means it's 1716 to me. Exactly, the earth has shifted. Ooh. Mike is Mike is winning. I'm never, I'm never <laughs> ever going to get another round where I get two Star Trek answers. That's just never going to happen again. I'm sorry. <laughs> set, set phasers to no chance. Oh, that amused me. Congratulations. Thank you. By the way, a final, a final unity, genuinely, if you ever get uh, a chance to check out that game for the time it's amazing there's a there's a few good star trek games there's one i've got which actually was released on mac in the late 90s which is another kind of you know it was featuring like kirk and and um spock and i can't remember the name of it. i've still got it on my laptop i actually have it okay. on my mac my current mac yeah but they did a kind of re-release of it so it was a really good deep space nine one called harbinger yeah i played i harbinger. really enjoyed that it had a bug breaking uh, moment in the game yeah though. you couldn't finish it yeah it and, really it, annoying. and i spent at that time there was no google to look up so or i didn't have google um and i remember harbinger i loved it it was so well done um and um i remember getting to a point and going why can't i I got so frustrated i was like do i need to put in another disc because this was the days where you had multiple discs and no that's not it and then i started again i got to the same point and i gave up and then i found out yeah i actually can't get any further than that (laughs) But yeah, I, I was both annoyed and pleased when I discovered that yeah. at the same time. Yeah, but Harbinger, really, really good game. I'd love to go back and see what it's like now. <laughs> Probably very bad. <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much for sticking with us, as always. And uh, thanks for all your support. We'll be uh, doing some more extra podcasts for our Patreon supporters this week. And uh, yeah, that is it. Just a quick reminder, though. Uh, Al, where do people go or where, how do people get in touch? 
Well, they can walk up, uh, use their sort of extremity on the end of their hand, which I believe is called a finger, and, and literally touch you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one way of doing it. Uh, they can walk up and speak quietly in your face. They can't shout because, you know, coronavirus. Or they could just, well, email which is Safer. podcast at nsukp.co.uk. Uh, we have a Facebook. You can leave comments on there. I have no idea if either of you guys actually look at it. I don't. Uh, and there's something called Twits? Tweet? Twat? 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 What's it called? Twitter? I believe it's Twitter. Um, uh, at NSUKP. Oddcast. <laughs> you almost got it wrong. <laughs> NSUK podcast. That is correct. Um, yeah. And Anton, anything you'd like to add to this uh, conundrum? Uh, yes, and for just generally a signpost to everything and entirely, nsuk.co.uk, our lovely website. It has all the details on the Patreon and all the bonus content we do over there. Yeah, NSUK. It's all very UK. Just, just we'll we'll keep the P in there. <laughs> Between us, we'll get there. I mean, I, Between three of us, we can make a complete URL, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm just, just search stuff and see what happens. All right, with that, we'll see you later. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.